Hi, and welcome to the Cinematic Chat. My name is Isabella, and today I'm here with the amazing Alex and James. Today we are going to be chatting about some of the best movies out there and how they affect people, but not me personally, because I find movies predictable and boring. Not the two people who I'm here with today, though. I can't understand them. But they love movies for some crazy reason and love to talk about them. Right now, it's 2pm and we are here in the atmospheric sound studio of Compass Catholic Community. We're going to be discussing lots today, including iconic scenes from movies, Alex and James' favourite movies, and movies that made them emotional. But first we are going to be chatting about movie genres, what they are and which ones are their favourite. Alex, what is the most rom-com moment you've ever had? Well, Bella, let me tell you about this time. I was dating this girl... We'd been dating for probably like six months at the time, which is like a long time if you're in high school, okay? That's a, long, that's a long-term relationship when you're in high school. And we went on this date to the Botanic Gardens and it was the middle of winter and it was probably a bad idea to be going at that time of year, but we went anyways and um, it started raining and we were in this like back part of the Botanic Gardens where it was like sort of like, not like a jungle, but like there were lots of trees and everything everywhere. So we decided, hey, let's cover from the rain in the tree, right? And we get up in the tree and what else are you supposed to do with your girlfriend when you're stranded in a tree other than start to make out? So we had this glorious movie moment kiss in this tree in the middle of the rain in the middle of the botanic gardens and it was just so magical true notebook moment i think exactly yeah. that's what i'm saying kind of cringy <laughs> <laughs> i think it would have been brutal not. okay if you could change one thing from your favorite genre what would it be james okay so i'm a massive fan of sci-fi movies they've always been kind of my favorite thing my favorite go-to and i'll always watch them even though i know there's this one big limitation with them which is that generally from a script point of view they're a bit of a hot mess and the endings are usually really terrible as well so i grew up on you know star wars star trek movies and those sorts of things and i loved movies like the matrix and i guess a more recent one would be alita battle angel that was great but on the whole, it seems that now all the money goes into making it look amazing and really have amazing CGI. But the scripts are usually really bad and you go, yeah. what yeah. were they thinking of in that? And I had this idea um, that what they should do is that they should get their big name person who's going to do the script, like your George Lucas's or people like that, random name just picking off the top of my head. Um, and then they should get like a total other person who's sort of like an up-and-coming person who's really really good and really really imaginative and say okay you now go away we'll give you like twenty thousand dollars which for a movie of that size is like nothing right they go yeah. we'll give you twenty thousand dollars you go away and write an alternate version which we probably won't use okay and they'll go twenty thousand dollars sure no worries at all and they'll probably make it amazing the best thing they've ever done then when the two scripts come back don't say whose is whose and they just go with the one that's the better script I reckon you'd have a 10 times better movie, especially with all the Star Wars prequels that have come out as well. You'd have a 10 times better movie straight off the bat. So I think that's that's my problem, but that's also my solution. Because I think, you know, you never come to a problem and say, I've got a problem without having a solution to go with it as well. Yes, that's so I'm very just being, innovative. I'm being James. proactive and a good citizen. No, it makes a lot of sense too. Well, thank you. I feel validated. <laughs> Tell me the story of the most iconic movie moment you can think of, Alex. All right. I think one of the most iconic movie moments has happened a lot of times throughout movie history. 
Um, but the main movies that I think of when I think of these scenes is Twilight. I know, cringy. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Avatar. You said it, man. Um, and it's this scene where you've you've gone the whole movie and it's been high stakes the whole movie and then you get to the end and somebody's dying and they're falling out, falling apart and it's just such a such a gut-wrenching scene and then they die but then you've got like two seconds left of the movie and all of a sudden they open up their eyes at the last second and then you're left on a cliffhanger about what's happened. I think that's... For the next, like, for Avatar, was like, for the next ten years. Literally, literally, you're like, what happened to the guy, you know? So I think that makes it one of the most iconic movie scenes you can have because it's just, like, it's just so iconic. Tell me the story of the most iconic movie moment you can think of, James. I reckon the most iconic movie moment that I would remember would be... Um, would be the scene from the very first Matrix movie. Um, and I think part of that is because it was completely unexpected because at the time um, that I saw the movie, I was living up in North Adelaide, which is right um, – and it, the street I was on was where the Piccadilly Cinema is. I don't know if you've ever seen that as you're driving into the city yeah. through yeah. North Adelaide because yeah. um, they've recently redone it and all. Apparently it's really lovely inside. But it was a very um, old-looking cinema. And uh, so if we, we lived on the street, occasionally we would just go down there on a Friday because it was like walking distance. It was really easy. And even if we didn't know the movie, we would watch it anyway. So – we went down there to see this movie called The Matrix, not really expecting much. You're so old, dude, <laughs> that you watched The Matrix when it came out in cinemas. So old. Okay. Are you thinking that if you mention how old I am <laughs> 20 times in one day, which is I think we're getting pretty close now, Alex. We're getting pretty that you're gonna, close. You're eh? not going to win anything. There's no prize. But anyway, so... The prize is my joy, we James. Got on our, we got on our car and our horse and buggy <laughs> and went there to see the Matrix. Anyway, um, and... Uh, Was it in you, black I've and lost white? It. <laughs> no, no, there wasn't an alternate version. It's not like they've just done a, reca- a 4K remaster in colour. No, back then it was still very much there. It was 1999. That was only like 20. Okay, that's a long time. Ago, yeah. 24 years ago. So it was that was that was when it opened. And um, the other thing too that was interesting about that time is when they used to show previews, they didn't give away the whole story in the preview. So you'd see the preview and you'd go, okay, there's a bunch of sort of like goth-looking people like emoing around in black stuff. Um, that's about all we can see. This action movie vaguely. That was about it. That what you got. So I, the, the the movie opens and it's the scene and Trinity's there and she's um you've you've seen this movie I'm sure. No. Okay. No. So there's this scene. Right. Okay. Here we go. There's a scene. Uh, she's in this kind of darkened room and she's like typing away on the computer and then all of a sudden these like federal agents burst through the door. And it's all very kind of like it looks sort of, you know, very noiry and, you know, oh, this is typical. She's been busted. She's going to get arrested or she's going to try to fight back or whatever. And as that happens, what she does is uh, she like stands up and then just runs up the wall and then just starts running around the room and just taking them all on in this crazy way. And there's also a bunch of this, um, was it bullet time stop stuff where the the the, um, the camera stops and the whole um ro- the whole scene rotates while they're not moving it was the first time like now it's pretty common you see it a lot but back then no one had ever done anything like that before because of course it was so many years ago yeah. <laughs> and i was like what is going on this is so wild it was like the coolest opening scene ever and uh yeah i'd call that 
partly because it's really iconic anyway, but partly because it's like it was just so surprising and I was just like it was such a thrill to see it. Tell me about the one movie character you relate to the most, James. Um, I don't know if I'd probably relate to any movie character, but I'd say that the person that people compare me to the most, which is very strange, is Phil Dunphy, who's the character of the dad, the real estate agent from Modern Family. Um, and it's happened numerous times. And that's really strange because I don't see it at all. I don't get it at I all. Can. <laughs> I've never seen, what is it, Modern Family? Modern Family, yeah. yeah. No. So uh, in, in, this, in, the, in this story, he's like a real estate agent. He's a dad with three kids, which I, I guess I am too, I suppose. So I'm the same in that regard. Um, he has no filter with what he says. And he's kind of got this sort of like naive, childlike, thing to him oh, and he's wait, into that really, character yeah yeah okay. yeah, yeah i kind of see it too okay, yeah right far out. yeah so you know he thinks and he thinks he's really charismatic and he thinks he's like this master salesman he thinks he's this amazing person but really he's this guy who's just into like doing magic tricks and takes it really seriously and he was also a male high school cheerleader as well that's his other thing too and i took could it see really, you as a high stop school it. cheerleader <laughs> Okay, so I think we just rest our case there if that's the case. So, you know, I might see myself as some sort of like, you know, really sort of um, um, different kind of character, but no, deep down that's really who I am. So there <laughs> it, is. it is. It's who you are. Alex, do you remember the first time you watched your favourite movie? You know what? I actually don't. It was such a visceral experience. I must have forgotten where I was and who I was with and everything like that. But I remember my favourite movie being for the longest time has been Avatar. Not Avatar The Last Airbender, Avatar Pandora Avatar. Mm. Um, and I think the biggest thing that just throws me off whenever I watch this movie is how atmospheric it is um, and how transported you get, you know, when you're watching the scenes when they're, you know, up in the Hallelujah Mountains and they're on the Ikran, the Flying Banshees. Oh, is that the name, is it? Yes, okay. Ikran. Okay, there you go. Um <laughs> When they're on them, them flying banshees and they're just flying through these floating mountains and it's just so magical and, again, atmospheric and it's just so beautiful and gorgeous that you just get totally swept away. James, tell me the story about the movie that makes you emotional every time. Um, I probably don't rewatch movies that make me emotional every time because, you know, um, my parents are English and I come from a very English upbringing, so repressing emotion is kind of a, a big thing. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, you know, I remember I was watching this movie um, with my kids when my kids were very young and it was part of when the um, the Narnia Chronicle movies came out and there was like I think three of them that came out actually. There's like a whole bunch of books but only three of them were turned into movies. And one of the movies was called Prince Caspian and I was watching it the whole time thinking it was all very kind of like cheesy and very kind of like for kids and stuff like that. And... Um, it was getting to the end of the movie and I was sort of had this feeling coming over me going, I'm feeling a bit emotional here. This is kind of really sort of like pulling on my heartstrings a lot, even though it's kind of a bit cheesy and a bit cringy on the whole. But I thought, no, I can't in front of these a whole bunch of kids and they had friends over as well. Like I can't get really emotional in front of them, it's, especially when they're not. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then of all things that would happen, the movie ends and then there's a song at the end as over the closing credits. Now, it just so happens this is the one song that always makes me cry every time oh, I hear no. it. So I'm there like literally 
pole position in the gates, ready to go. And I hear the first three notes of the song and I'm just away. And I have to go, oh, this hay fever is so bad this time. And just rush <laughs> off. Yeah, nice save. Back, nice kids. save. Nice cover. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what they said. No one mentioned it again after that. But it was like, it was Not just so funny that I was just trying to keep it under control. And then someone just literally did something to push me over the edge. And, and there it is. But yeah, the song's called The Call by uh, Regina Spector. It's a bit nuanced. I don't think anyone's ever probably heard it before. But it's just, it's a total heartbreaking song it's beautiful is it an old song (laughs) (laughs) if by old you mean older than kanye yes (laughs) yes it is and i know that's probably the benchmark that you're using you're a fan i'm actually a fan i'm not a fan of kanye oh you got is that a teacher is that new order yeah can i break some news to you i don't know what there are you don't know what they are no i know who pink floyd is though okay that's the the t-shirt i'm wearing by the way so Pink Floyd The Wall and New Order Substance, which is the shirt you're wearing, are only separated by about four years, five years. That came out in 1984. Oh, my god! And it is such an amazing record, by the way. Oh, it's you a record. Know. Well, it was a record. That's how... Hey, vinyl's back, dude. Come on. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Going to have to play you some serious music when we get, when we get out of here. All right, deal. All right. And it's like you can now say, I represent my T-shirt. Now you've heard the song. All right. If you could go back in time and re-watch one movie for the first time again, which movie would it be, Alex? I've got to go with Top Gun Maverick because, well, look, I would say the first Top Gun, but there is so much sweating and sexual tension in that movie. I just cannot. (laughs) I could not do it again for the first time. I could not do it. Um, So, yeah, I've got to go with Top Gun Maverick because... As amazing as Top Gun was, I think Top Gun Maverick, Ma- Maverick topped that for sure. All of the high stakes moments and the the character building and all of the the beautiful storylines that were given. Um, it was great. I loved it. I really. It, I only saw it for the first time like the other day. Really, I've never I seen did. It. And you know what? This is because uh, there's there was this funny moment that happened in the movie when we were watching it because uh, my daughter works at, um, at a fish and chip shop at night. And so what we would do was we were watching the movie and we knew we were going to have to stop it at some point to go and pick her up. And we were on the way driving down there going, it was near the end and we're going, this is going to resolve itself some way, this movie. There's going to be some resolution and there's going to be some cheesy one-liner that's going to happen because clearly Little Goose, Goose's son and Maverick are yep. going to do some big thing together yeah. and they're going to wind up together at the end and the, the the big sergeant's going to be there and there's going to be some khaki one-liners they're going to be like that so we like we're practicing on the way down going what are they going to be like how bad is it going to get like is the general going to come up and go maverick you're a disgrace to the uniform i just <laughs> wish i didn't like you so much or something like that or um um you're a disgrace to the navy but one hell of a pilot, you know, it's something like that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, in the yeah. end, it, they, they're on there and, and uh, he says to the goose's son, he goes, thanks for saving my life. And the son goes, my dad would have done the same thing. And it's like, yeah. oh, no, miss that one. That would have been perfect. Anyway, yeah. So it I was loved great. It, it was a good movie, it? yes. Yeah. So if I could rewatch another movie for the first time, it would be Top Gun Maverick. If you would like to hear more episodes from Compass Catholic Community, you can check them out at our own podcast page. The link is in the show notes for this episode. This podcast was produced by Alex and Isabella for Compass in partnership with ArchD Radio and Podcasting. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to this channel to hear 
heaps of other school life stories. Bye.